Hello, it is I, the Corpus Christi Joker, real Nerf Joker, and welcome to J-Waves. Uh, on today's episode, I have a very special guest, Dr. Veronica Pantoja, a Del Mar professor of English, and who happens to be my amazing, awesome sister. So welcome, Veronica. How are you doing? Fine, thank you. Hello. I'm amazing and awesome. Fantastic. Cool. So what we're going to do today is, um, on episode two, we talked about some horror movies that influenced me from the 60s to about the 90s. And today we're going to be talking about some horror movies in the last couple of years that um, both me and Veronica have spoken about previously on how fantastic they were as far as being like new horror that's actually good horror. So we're going to go over three different movies and uh, we'll get into that here pretty soon. Um, Veronica, I just want to ask you a couple things. Like, um, sure. you, I know you teach a horror class at Del Mar. Yes, I teach English 1302, and I theme it around the the uh, topic of horror, and we read um, Dracula, Frankenstein, and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, which are kind of the um, germ from which most horror today comes from. Uh, those, fil- those novels are genre-setting and amazing, so uh, students seem to enjoy reading those too, and we have a lot of fun discussing them in class. See, I like that. Now, like, why do you feel that Frankenstein uh, should be a part of that whole entire theme? Well, it's one of the first science fiction novels written ever, also written by a woman, and it sets the standard for exploring what it means to be a monster, what the monstrous means. Um, and, you know, of course, many people incorrectly call Frankenstein's monster Frankenstein, which is really the name of the scientist that created the monster and who should be called the monster. Um, And it's fun to see how humanity can become so monstrous where you find out the monster really is Frankenstein, the scientist, and not so much the monster. And when you watch other more modern horror films, uh, interpretations, you'll see all sorts of versions of Frankenstein, even in science fiction, like with what, films like RoboCop and so forth. I would say, yeah, what do you think most recently kind of goes with that same theme as Frankenstein, as Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein is the monster? Anything recently, even maybe like Netflix movies or something? Um, well, let's say uh, that film with the female monster, um, directed by Alex Garland, what was it called, uh, where there's a, a, a female robot that's created and the... Ex Machina. Ex Machina, and the young man has to determine if she's human or not. Yeah. Um, and, of course, it's very blatantly a Frankenstein story. So you see it a lot in science fiction. Um, in horror movies, any, any horror movie where a creator creates something that then takes over um, the world, and a lot of those are zombie movies, too. Zombies are very much you know, part of the monster genre. I divide my class, it's called Vampires, Monsters, and Mad Men. And so, um, you know, we look at all sorts of monsters um, in the horror genre, which, of course, bleeds into science fiction at times. Yeah, that's perfect. Like, um, like what do you... Like, back in the day, I mm-hmm. talked about what, what scared us um, mm-hmm. as children. But what do you remember, I guess, um, really scared you the most... Uh, as far as um, losing sleep, <laughs> like mm-hmm. the real fear, like what put the most fear into you? What movie? Uh, movie, I'm not sure, but the idea, I think, of 
something really frightening and scary happening next door and I would not be aware of it and something could slither out and attack me at home. Um, and I think there are a few movies that deal with that idea that home is not a safe place, which is really disruptive. Um, and you see in many horror films, uh, and a lot of that deals with family and just the safeness of, of and security of a home. Uh, Poltergeist is a good example of that, where you have a family being attacked and being disintegrated, and the home is no longer a safe, a safe place. Um, and I remember moving into the new home when we were little and uh, still being afraid because in Poltergeist, it's a new home and they're in a new subdivision, subdivision yeah. and it's still a haunted house. It's not the typical creepy old cobwebbed house that's scary. It's a brand new house that's still uh, terrifying. So I think it was that idea that really scared me, that kept me up at night, uh, not knowing what could be right outside my window or right outside my bedroom door. Would in you, the house. Would you throw in Nightmare Before Elm Street in that category? Nightmare on Elm Street, for sure, yes. Um, because not even in your sleep are you safe. So it's those ideas that threaten the security of places and, and things that you think should keep you safe and secure. And they don't. And so that's, that's terrifying. Jaws, of course, is another big one. Um, and it's a different kind of monster. It's nature as a monster. Um, and you can't rationalize with a shark. You can't tell it, please don't bite me, Mr. Shark. Um, I'm not food. I am not food. Yes, and and you I are. think that's a, a real basic fear that most humanity has. You know, and I tell my students it comes from our caveman days when we were afraid to go into that dark cave. Uh, not because it was dark, but because there might be something in there that could eat us. So that's why people are afraid of the dark today, uh, afraid of nature bears sharks things that can eat you what is it irradiated rabbits perhaps mm -hmm. that could eat yep. you ants any of those kinds of forces of nature that you can't talk to you can't you reason know, with you can't explain your way out of it or ask for you know for um safety or anything mercy and that kind of goes perfectly in line with the first movie we we're going to talk about because it has to do with everything we just talked about. Mm -hmm. It could be considered even like this is nature. This is a family mm -hmm. moving into a new area. Yes. And then being hunted by something. Either you consider it natural or unnatural. But the movie from uh, 2015 called The Witch. Mm -hmm. uh, directed by Robert Eggers. And it's set in the 1630s in New England. And basically it's a family that yes. moves out of town for some reasons. No spoilers. And... um they end up moving to the outskirts of a town and then they are un they end up being hunted by um, a witch. I could, I, you could even say they would be um, forces of witchcraft, black magic, and possession. Right. And I remember when we saw this movie... <laughs> yes. In the theater, we both looked at each other like, what a breath of fresh air. Yes. And finally, uh, something like really scary and, 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 and done in such a way... That uh, it was so enjoyable in the theater, and uh, it's still one of my favorite movies. And um, the ending is just spectacular. But I mean, like, how did you take the witch? Like, what was it that? What was it about the witch that made you go, "Oh yeah, Th this is it right here. This is amazing. What a great job!" Right, uh, a breath of fresh air for sure. I think in the performances, especially in um, Anya 
Yeah, Anya Taylor-Joy. Right, Anya Taylor-Joy, who's going to be seen in Glass um, coming mm-hmm. up soon. She's wonderful, and she is a revelation in The Witch. And her little brother, the actor playing her little brother, is amazing. And um, I think what impressed me as I watched The Witch was the um, just the production value of it. It felt as if we had watched an actual family at that time like somehow a camera had been smuggled back in time so we could watch this family struggle against the elements and um, the fear of the unknown basically the shadows in the film I don't know how the film was lit to me it think I think it was perhaps witchcraft that led <laughs> them to light it so gene you know just so brilliantly it's it's amazing it's beautifully shot um, beautifully acted and um, the story plays out really well. And I heard, is this correct, John, that uh, Eggers actually found transcripts of actual court cases yes. where people have been accused of witchcraft? Yeah, if you watch the uh, commentary on on iTunes, shout out. Um, yeah, he really goes over a lot of the things that they did for the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it he was basing it off of things that he found in transcripts from that time period, right. the 1600s all the way to like the 1700s. So I think that within itself is cool. I had a friend ask me like to explain to him, like without any spoilers, what the mm-hmm. witch was. This mm-hmm. is what I told him. I think it's funny because he said after he watched it, he goes, that was perfect. I said, it was like if you were to take The Last of the Mohicans yes. and make it into a horror movie, <laughs> that's basically the witch because that's exactly what it felt like. Last of the Mohicans had that same feeling right. of where it felt like you were watching history. You're watching like a look back in time mm-hmm. and you were taken to like the 1600s and the the costuming and whatever area they were in and how the father looked and how the kids looked and the design of like everything every element was just like you could tell they had done everything to make it look completely authentic yes and all the way through it is just terrifying um it is you can feel the encroaching darkness wherever they are and also because they were so steeped into their faith and their religion um it almost made them more of a target for the darkness that was in that forest um spoiler alert there is darkness in the forest (laughs) not just literal uh, but quite figurative and um it's it's terrifying to see the family fall apart so yeah it hit on those elements of fear that that strike me as far as a family being torn apart by this um, evil, quote unquote, mm-hmm. evil depends on the perspective that you have. Uh, the ending is also quite empowering, I think, for women. Uh, it's it's a very feminist sort of film. Uh, never mind that witchcraft itself and witches at the time are uh, part of feminism and and female power and so forth, and taking back that power from the patriarchy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, so that ending uh, really was nice to see, especially with her, uh, that actress, uh, playing that particular part in that particular scene. Yes, there's other stuff going on as far as evil and devil stuff, but um, <laughs> it's still an amazing ending. Yeah, and you said spoiler alert, so we can definitely talk about it. If you haven't seen The Witch, then, I mean, shame on you first off, but <laughs> second off, I mean, definitely spoiler alert, but like at the end... Like, that ending, you know, we could talk about that when he says, 
it gives her the choice of like, do you want to live deliciously? Right. And she could either join the dark side, literally the dark side, because yes. it's literally Satan uh, talking to her, or the Baphomet. And uh, it was just like, I, I'll never forget the feeling in the theater, first off. Second off, the feeling that it gave us, we were like, oh. wow. My. And then yeah. another side note, I know we talked about it, just in how smart the, the writers were. Um, a Baphomet, if you don't know what that is, and uh, I'll actually put a, uh, a link on what it is on this video, but excuse me, on this podcast, but they kept saying um, Black Philip. Black Philip. The little kids kept calling him Black Philip. Well, the writers had on purposely done Black Philip to make it sound like Baphomet, which is what Black Philip was the whole time. Okay. an influence and then uh when you see black philip come into the form that he is accustomed to be known as you know as human as possible i guess right but the voice was just so perfectly done um it's beautiful actually uh, quite yeah. chilling yeah it was just such a great ending and such a great um i guess feeling <laughs> it was a weird feeling right because you know she has just now signed herself over to baphomet Yet you feel happy about that because she's escaping the harshness and rigidity of the life she had been known to have up to that point where she was accused and hated by her own mother. And family, yeah. Right. And so uh, that ending, you feel it, it's wonderful for her. It's, it's a validation almost, an escape at least. And so you're thinking, good for you, and I know lady. I had told you to watch a. Uh, Sabrina, Teenage Witch. Do you see right. a lot of parallels between that and the witch movie? Um, <laughs> yes. And, you know, Sabrina has so many Easter eggs to so many horror films. And that was kind of fun to watch. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the adventures of Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, were, were very entertaining. Um, and, uh, yeah, for sure, there's that female empowerment that you see in some of the other films that we might talk about today. Yeah. And I do love uh, Sabrina, so shout out to that. Did you finish it? No, I've, I'm, oh. I've still stopped on uh, episode oh seven. I haven't had a chance. Then yeah. just wait. I know. I know what I've seen so far, though. I'm loving it. Something happens, though, at the end. So That's what I'm, that's, I've heard. <laughs> I'm trying to stay away from spoilers. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing right. it. I can't wait. I am so excited. Well, I'm glad I didn't say more then. Yeah, yeah, don't. Because I'll cry. Uh, all right, let's talk about the second movie, and I'll give a lead into it. Sure. And then we'll go into it full force because it's one of my favorite movies and I didn't expect it to be um, leading up to it. I had hopes and then it completely shattered my hopes and it was so much better than we expected. But let's cut back to a couple years ago, I guess, at Frightmare. We got to meet the cast. I should say the kid cast for this movie. And uh, that was just so much fun. Uh, and uh, we'll get into that here in a little bit. But... The movie we're going to be talking about next is It. Uh, it was from 2017, directed by Andy Muschietti, and starring all kinds of people, but Bill Sarsgaard. I would consider this being his movie. Uh, this was like his... I don't even know how else to say other than like this was like his Jim Carrey's The Mask moment. This was like his quintessential defining moment, and good for him. Career turning. Yeah, yeah because it was like... I remember when we went to go see... Annabelle Creation. <laughs> yeah, Annabelle Creation. Right. No comment. And um, they showed it. 
they showed 10 minutes of the opening scene basically yeah, of, of it. it and we that was terrifying first off and way scarier than Annabelle creation but we were but we were just completely shocked I don't think I I think that's why I couldn't focus on the movie right because I was so like enthralled with how fantastic it looked how great he sounded and how terrifying how was. terrifying he absolutely was and I love it so yeah it um you know again if you've never seen it summer 89 a group of kids have to take on a shape-shifting uh monster um it's in Derry, maine and it is just in my in my opinion one of the best movies they've made really in a long long time i can't wait for the sequel and uh we'll see what happens there but give me your thoughts on it like from when you saw it mm-hmm. um how it made you feel and then like the after effect you know buying it on blu-ray or digital and watching it now over and over and over like well, how, do you still enjoy it do you not enjoy it i've watched it several times and now it's on hbo and so forth and if it's on i'll sit and watch it um it's just so enjoyable and at the time i i didn't i noticed the fear but didn't really feel it because i was so taken away by the performances of the children and and the actors in the film they were so funny and so earnest and genuine and um i love the interactions between bill and Georgie, because there is, you don't typically see um, young boys expressing affection for one another as, as brothers, and that was very sweet, which made it even worse when you see what happens to Georgie. And boy, were we surprised when we saw how small Georgie was at In real life. In real oh life, we gosh. were like, oh my, it makes it I, worse. I could have put him in my purse and taken him away because he, he was adorable. adorable. Mm. The cutest thing. And um, I stood next to the actor playing Bill. And he was so tall, and I was able to tell him what a great performance he gave. And also the young actress who plays... Um, Beverly. Beverly. She is adorable as well. Sophia. And I think I got teary when I talked to her. Cause well, so did just, she. Yes, I, I think I went overboard telling her how great she was. But she is. And I think that that was the main impact of the film, was the performances from the actors, especially since they're children. Yeah, I And love... they were so funny as well. I love Jeremy Ray Taylor, little yes, the one that plays Ben, but ben. he, him with his little new kids on the block, that references and mm-hmm. the poster and, and that's what and again you know we've talked about this before with other movies that they don't do this right. <clears throat> saw and um, they don't get you to care about no right the characters enough and they just there's violence for no reason and right the purge and um, it's like they they do all these things and they forget that you have to care about the people dying in the movie exactly in order for it to either even be chilling or scary or anything if you don't then there's no point to the movie at all really unless it's like you know i don't i i can't think of any film that was successful where i didn't care about the characters hmm. i you know you have to care about them for the film to work and right off the bat you love bill you love georgie yeah Ben, Beverly, all of them. They're just hilarious and sweet. Finn Wolfhard. <laughs> He's hilarious. And so, and and the film captures that childlike view of the world where the world is becoming harsh. And yeah. you see the reality where it's not all, you know, fun and games. Uh, it's 
adulthood and the hardness of life. And yeah, I read the novel years and years ago, probably younger than I should have read it, but um, it made an impression. You know, Stephen King is, is quite the writer. And it was a strange novel, too. At the time, there was things I didn't understand <laughs> that I'm glad were left out of the film. I think some people criticize the film for that, but it could not have been filmed, and I think it would have lost that that childlike innocence that you need in a movie like this. So we'll see what where the sequel goes, I think. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited. Very uh, excited. Mm-hmm. And again, they keep saying Bill is coming, Bill Sarsgaard's coming back. And I'm not sure about any of the kids. I had heard a rumor that they were going to have some of the kids back sure. to do like... Um, flashbacks? Yeah, are, are not so much flashbacks, but definitely flashbacks from adulthood. But mm-hmm. like the kids a couple years later oh, sure. seeing each other. I got you. And still having that, uh, you know, kind of bond of like, do you remember? Do you remember? Do you remember? So I think that's going to be neat if they, because right now they're all at that age. Yes. They've aged a lot. You know, when <laughs> right. You, when you uh-huh. watch a Captain Marvel trailer. Yes. And you see what's his name. Well, not Captain Marvel. Yeah. I mean, not Captain Marvel. Yeah, Shazam. Shazam, yes. Well, he's also Captain Marvel. Though, but <laughs> right, right. Why fight? Um, he uh, as Eddie. Eddie, you see Eddie, um, he's so much older now. You know, he looks completely Yeah, and different. it was a shame he wasn't at Frightmare. I would have liked to have met him, too. That he's, was such a... Ugh. He's so good, too. I'm glad all the others were there, but yeah. Yes. I really wanted to see Eddie because he was so funny. <laughs> they gazebo. were hilarious. Mm-hmm. The gazebo thing. Yeah, so cool. And then touch back on, you know, Bill's performance. Yes. You know, costume. Even the little change in design they did of making him look like a 1940s type clown opposed to like the yellow and blue right. suit. Right. I mean, they really went original, different, horrifying, crazy, different. Right. And, and as, it worked. As I said, the movie really wasn't scary to me, but he is scary. He is terrifying in his costume. Um, his performance is so wacky and and weird and off-putting. You're just uncomfortable right away when you see him. His um, laugh, his voice. His, his mannerisms. Mm-hmm everything and he's so tall yeah he really gave it his all and um it works it really works and um his teeth and what the his ability to control his lazy eye (laughs) is also terrifying because i know i looked at you i said did you notice his eye and we thought it was a computer effect apparently bill skarsgård can control um his somewhat lazy eye apparently which is amazing when they talked to um andy Mm-hmm. Machete, the director, he had drawn a sketch of what he wanted Pennywise to be, and he had his eyes. This is all in the commentary. He, his eyes were all, you know, out of whack. Askew. Mm-hmm. And um, Bill Sarsgaard tells him, "I can do that with my eyes." <laughs> and he said, "No, you can't." And then, yes, he really could, and then that ended up becoming like the thing to do. Yeah, it's and, awful. Yeah, especially it, in the sewer. I also like that um, the director Andy kept him away yes, and secret from the kids, from the kids mm-hmm. until first day of shooting. So when he literally comes out of the refrigerator, right. all discombobulated, uh, that is the first time, of course, we really get a great look at him in the movie, but it's the first time the kids got a good look. Yes. So those screams, if you watch the behind the scenes, you can see that scene. Eddie screams. As they're shooting it, and you see all of them, you see Finn and mm-hmm. everybody like lose their mind because he comes out and it's like, Oh my God! The bells and how he looks, and he's yeah. so big and scary. And I saw um, a behind-the-scenes video where they're all 
guessing what he might look like. Yeah. It, that's hilarious because they're so hyper, these oh, yeah. kids. They're, they're something they're else. Nuts. Yeah. They I mean, are nuts. I think, how could he? How could this director deal with these children? Yeah. <laughs> they're hilarious. I think that's what gives them that extra. And not only something. deal with them, but get these performances out of them. Amazing, it was like, yes. Wow, yeah. Yeah, and, I remember uh, the guy was like, I think he has, like, he's wearing blue and he's doing this. I was right. like, no. They're so cute. And I saw a picture, but I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have right. seen it. Yeah, I saw that same video. It's so funny. It's very funny. Totally uh, wrong. Everything they said was wrong. But right. Yeah. And then here comes Bill Skarsgård looking so terrifying. Um, Love that And scene. menacing. Just really terrifying. And, and good special effects, too. They weren't yes. overbearing. It wasn't stupid. No, it wasn't. Um, it's, it's really good. I, I also like how they made so many of the adults look so ugly. Yeah. Uh, you that. know, with not... They did not get beauty makeup that day on set. Mm -hmm. um, they got makeup that made them look a little less attractive than normal humans do. You know, uh, we none of us live on a movie set, but um, it looked like many of those adults were made to look uglier than normal. All of them, basically, yeah. all their parents, um, the pharmacist, uh, so the librarian, many, the librarians. Yeah. Yeah, it was, she was very ugly, very terrifying. Mm -hmm. But I love that, though. I love the, um, like I said, I really, it was one of the few movies we could not say anything negative about it, which is very rare. Right. Because and it was smart. Again, it has the, the dissolution of a family, right? And it's the family that the kids had. Um, their families have fallen apart, even the bully's family. Um, you see a lot of absent mothers in the film. Um and then the family that the kids themselves make, you know, with each other. Yeah. That the clown is trying to tear them apart as well. So, um, you know, it's it's neat to look for those sorts of themes that run through almost every horror movie. Uh, there are certain things that you can pick up on. Uh, that's very interesting to me. And you know, one thing I was telling my other friend about, we were talking about taglines. Mm -hmm. You know, how the eel float two, two right, thing. Right, right. And that that never got annoying. No, it didn't. You know what I mean? How like already I'm already done with people going, why so serious? Yes. You know, I'm so tired. I was tired <laughs> after the first year of that. It was like, hell oh, yeah, good one, great one. But the you'll float two thing. I don't know. That never really got old. I it still I think is terrifying, and that's my own personal opinion. Just because I deal with a lot of taglines in my profession, you'll I always hear two. you'll float two is very, very, very scary. And the actor who played Georgie, right, did that whole thing at the uh at frightmare uh-huh yeah. one of the panels mm -hmm. he kept saying it just as he does in the film and he's so cute i just can't get over how tiny he was such a cute kid i love seeing his mother or handler like try to calm him down because yeah. he was getting too too hyper he's losing it he wanted to he wanted to get the crowd more and why stop that <laughs> so funny <laughs> yeah all right speaking about mother calming people down yep third movie we're gonna go over is i don't know i I would almost say this is probably one of the scariest movies we've seen in a very long time. And it, as far as bothering you... Yes, and it was a in, slow burn kind of <laughs> yeah. fear for me. I wasn't scared the first time I saw it. The second time I saw it, I could not turn off my lights for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I went to bed. And it's, Yeah, and then like with my circle of friends, a couple of them Googled some of the things that the movie covers. And then they were completely terrified. Right. And they still are. They, we can't even, I can't even bring it up to some of my <laughs> friends because they just, they're not even, they're not even ready or they, they can't handle it. But the movie is called Hereditary, uh, out 2018, directed by Ari Aster, 
and starring, I gotta say it, Tony Collette, Gabriel Burns, Miley Shapiro, um, and I want to make sure I say one more name here. Mm-hmm. Oh, where is he? I can't find him. Alex Wolf. Right. Right. Alex Wolf's performance in this movie is, besides Tony Collette, of course, but man, just wow. And if you haven't seen Hereditary and you're on the fence about seeing Hereditary and you don't know if you should see it or you heard weird things or whatever, forget about all that. Just sit down, turn off your phone, and give it your complete attention. Just let 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 it unfold in your mind and, and let you yourself enjoy this movie, because I guarantee. Uh, you will not regret it at all. It is just one of the craziest like stories and also done so well, very scary, and then taking something that is completely different. It's not about the devil, and it's not about God, and it's not about anything. It's about something else that is equally terrifying right. in my book. And, uh, man, you know, <laughs> talk about... You know, I think this is one of the few movies where we watched a preview, mm-hmm. and it was a t- complete bait and switch. Sure. Remember, we went in thinking, some, okay. this person is going to be the main character. Right. And then in the movie, we were completely slapped that, in the that face. That did not happen. Really. Yeah. And then and then it took us to like a whole other different, I think maybe not like since I mentioned it the last time, but not since Event Horizon. Right. I was going to mention that. Mm-hmm. Have we had such a, what the heck is going on? I did not sign up for this. Yeah. And this is way too much information. Right. Why am I here? Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, you know, like the others, again, the same sorts of themes about family, that horror that's next door, that's right under your bed or in your room, in your house. And also the theme of that female power. Um, This film has all that. Um, and again, Toni Collette is amazing. I'm not sure why she's not... I mean, uh, Oscar nominations haven't come out yet, but she should definitely get some attention. Yeah. This film should get some attention. I was blown away by her performance in this film. Especially the dinner scene. The dinner scene. It was like, wow. And uh, right before something happens to her husband, that scene was amazing. Yeah, let's talk about that scene. You know, because that's one of those <laughs> scenes that I watch now... Yeah. Because I've watched it a bunch of times here now that I own it in 4K. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's done in such a way. Like, even when I watch it now, if I was a director, that is like exactly the way I would want the scene to pan out and look. Because it's, it's literally badass. The, right. The book, and he has it, and she tells him to throw it, and then he doesn't want to do it, and then she does it. But the way she is pleading yeah. with him to do this, it's unbelievable. And then, yeah, total. Wow. I remember, I remember that first time in the theater. Everybody went, hey, me. like mm-hmm. it was a complete gas. It was almost like when Black Panther died in Infinity War. <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> Every, alert! Everybody went. Hey. Yeah, that was at the fun. same because it was that same kind of surprise because and you know, Spider Man. You think, yeah, you think that you know the way the story is going, and it don't. And then she throws it in the fire, and it's just like. Oops. Gabriel Byrne, who we've been a fan of for forever, you know? Right. Oh, just like heartbreak. And he's hotel. completely innocent in, yeah. this, in this whole scenario. He's from, more confused, right? From day one, he's, again, and you care about this family. Yeah, Right Instantly. off the bat, right off the bat, because we start with the funeral of the grandmother, and um, we 
you're thinking, oh no, you know what's going to happen here? And you see the, the daughter and the son and the father is caring and he knows his kids and, and their idiosyncratic, you know, idiosyncratic behaviors and he's able to deal with them. And his crazy wife as well. Crazy, I use that loosely, you know, she has her own deal. Um, and yet he's still punished by the end of the film. No one escapes at the end of this film. No one makes it out alive. Yeah, I mean, spoiler and, alert. If you haven't seen it again, shame on you, really, because Tony De- Tony Collette's death scene. Oh gosh! It, I remember my I told my buddies at work to see it. You know, some of them, and they the next day. That's the only thing that they talked about. They kept saying, you know, of course they said the whole thing's terrifying, but they kept right. saying, man, the way they and they don't know names. Of course, they go that main lady. Right. What the what what she was doing and how right. she went was not, terrifying. Not good. And then when she floats up into the treehouse, yep, they're like, it was oh. hard to watch because I thought, am I really seeing this right now? <laughs> Is that what's happening? <laughs> uh, yeah, that was not good, and um, you feel so sorry for the young boy, because uh, he is also confused and terrified. And when he breaks down in front of his father, that's so sad. Again, you see these, I don't know, male stereotypes break down in some of these more modern horror films. And you don't typically see a young teenage boy express his feelings that way. Crying. Crying on his father's shoulder, you know. He needs that consolation. Yeah, I remember we were kind of mad at that in the theater because people laughed when he cried. Oh, yes. Remember that? Everyone's like, because they're not used to seeing... um, I guess like there were uh, so much realness in right. a movie. I was going to say. So it's, it's like it's a, a nervous very... laughter. Like, oh, completely. <laughs> Wait a second. Right. Well, and I've heard lots of critics say the film is too pretentious and too um, fanciful or I don't know. Uh, I guess pretentious is the right critique that I've heard. I'm not sure I agree with that. I understand where that comes from because it it's not a film that lays everything out for you. Like, no. here's exhibit A, B, C. Yeah. You get it? Uh, it just kind of hints to certain certain things and um, there's some images that are hidden in some scenes that if you're not paying attention you miss yeah and then later when you watch it the second or third or fourth or fifth time as we have you think oh my lord there was something in that room that yeah. whole time or, the symbols yes um, or you find out what they mean because the film doesn't give you all the answers no you just see a word and you don't know what that word means but you know something is wrong about yeah. it. And I love that the idea of the miniatures that he had. Yes. You know, that was so cool. Yeah, uh, creepy. Yeah, but just, again, smart, very smart. All the little things that he did were... Uh... Yeah. Oh, yeah. And just... it's such a quiet film as well. I mean, the soundtrack is eerie enough, but it was very quiet in certain scenes where you would expect in a typical you know, run-of-the-mill horror movie that, you know, shouts everything at its audience. Yeah, um, jump scares. does yeah. not do that. And so you're wondering if what you're watching is really happening, I guess. It makes it very dreamlike. Um, so it's a very slow burn kind of horror movie, I think. Yes. And then again, you know, shot completely yeah. beautiful. Very beautiful. When you watch it now by uh, when on 4K, like I've been doing it, and it's like... Man, this is a gorgeous, such a gorgeously dark, scary movie. And, uh, man, I really can't get enough. But let's talk about um, the, the 
the entity that they used for this mm-hmm. movie. You know, like I said, it, usually it's it's Satan or Lucifer or the, or the sure. devil, or a, like a, a fallen angel of some sort. You know, they went with uh, an old um, Mesopotamian. Yeah, there, right? <laughs> like uh, one of the seven devils of 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 Earth. A ruler of hev- of hell or yeah. something. King Mr. King Payman. Now, Payman. again, if you don't ever want to sleep again ever google that and just kind of read up on stuff and then look at the imagery and then watch the movie or vice versa watch the movie and then look it up and i guarantee you that it'll affect you in a whole different like level of um of fear because it really is uh i remember we were so shocked first off that they used him uh, and if you watch the commentary again or, or anything behind the scenes, he they 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 went out specifically looking for something like that um, mm-hmm. to use instead of always using the usual Satan and, and possession and stuff. So they decided on payment. And yeah, I mean, it's just one of the most, I don't know, craziest decisions I've ever seen. And done in a way where it was like, yeah, that hmm. that's pretty scary. Well, I joke with my students that, you know, when we get scared, we revert to our child selves in a way. So things that are irrational become rational. So, for instance, if I watch The Ring, now Samara knows my name and she'll come to my house because yeah. I watch the movie. Right? Completely irrational. But you have that little nagging thought in the back of your brain. That may be true, that now she knows where you live and she'll come and get you. Right? Yeah. So you revert to that child self. And so I think with something like this and you find out that Payman is indeed it's steeped in mythology and is a real um, figure, at least in some... Spiritual figure. Sure. Um, some that it religions. wasn't a made-up yeah. thing for the film, that it's an actual thing. Um, that adds that element to it where you think, well, darn it, no... Yeah. Now this thing knows I watched its movie and that I know its name and I, what, what do I do now? So yeah. I think that's what makes that film a, a little worse for those of us who revert to our child self when we get scared. Uh, or if we base our, our fears on facts. Sure, yes. If you base your fears on facts and you go, oh, Freddy Cougar's not real. Well, this one's real. Right. You know what I mean? And... And he's he's steeped in history. He's been written about in history. He's known through different many religions as being a a subject of Lucifer. Right. So if you believe in God, and if you believe in, you have to believe in the devil, and then this is like the devil's one of his top ranking. Yeah. You know, if you start thinking like that, sure, you'll never sleep you're because you're going, well, dude. Now his red or completely yellow eyes are focused on me mm-hmm. and I will never sleep again because he's in the shadows of every shadow in my house. You know, like there goes right. sleeping. There goes sleep. Yeah. And hereditary, boy, does it do that. I remember we left and we were like, wow. Yeah. And then when we started seeing the symbol yes. everywhere, then then you look up that symbol and it literally is King Payment. You mean symbol. everywhere in the film, right? Not yeah. Everywhere, everywhere in my house. Okay. Said, right. The thought, walls are bleeding. Uh-huh. Mama. Yeah, no, in the in the movie, right. then you start going, wow, they really... Yes. Yeah, fantastic. And that idea, you know, the title of the film, Hereditary, is also so interesting. You know, the fear of mental illness running through a family 
um, because it has some neurological components to it and so you can't escape it, you can perhaps learn to live with it and, and deal with it better than maybe your forefathers and so forth. But that idea that you really can't do anything about it and, um, and the same thing happens in the film, not only is it some idea of mental illness, whether or not it was actually mental illness or all the demons that were being called um, by the characters in the film, uh, that's also terrifying that the family pretty much had no no recourse, no escape, because it was already predetermined before they even came along because of what their forefathers and foremothers had done. Deals they could have made, yeah. Right, that before them, that, mm-hmm. that they cannot escape. And so that idea, I think, is also quite terrifying um, for all of us, you know, whether or not you believe in demons or anything, but that... Um, you know, things are in our biology that we can't change, and uh, there's nothing much you can do about it. That's that's terrifying. Yeah, and what a great way to, to for them to capture that on film. Right. And uh, I know that it did so well in the theater, and I'm so glad that they have not mentioned that one time. No. No sequel. No, we doesn't need one. It doesn't need anything. Like, let's leave this one alone. There's no need for Hereditary 2 or Hereditaries. No. You know what I mean? Like, there's just, just let it go. This was a great right. one-shot, terrifying. And again, if you haven't seen it, you should definitely, definitely go check it out for sure. Yeah, I can see how the ending might want, might lead to a sequel. Yeah. But I'd rather imagine what could happen next um, than see someone try to capture it. Mm-hmm. But it's, I think it's worse in your, in your own imagination to think how that ends. Uh, because it, that's quite scary. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's perfect. Well, yeah, that was great, Ronica. Thank you so much for uh, talking to me about these amazing movies. Again, we were talking about It from 2017, The Witch from 20... What was that? 15. 15, and Hereditary from 2018. If you haven't seen those movies, definitely check it out. And don't forget, we also run a Facebook called the Texas Dark Arts Society check it out on facebook we put a whole bunch of new upcoming horror stuff horror news talk about horror things the conventions that's coming up here in texas yeah frightmare first weekend in may in dallas texas is a texas frightmare weekend they have amazing guests this year bruce campbell is going to be there come on uh so that's that's going to be a blast and um what's that guy's name that i've been wanting to meet for years whose name i can't remember (laughs) Jeez, let me Who think. was in the Frighteners? And oh yeah, um, Reanimator. Oh come on! I can't wait for him. Yeah, um, he'll be great. Uh, they also have um, I can't think of anyone's names right now, but you should look it up. Just look up Texas Frightmare Weekend on Facebook, and you'll see everything on there. The price is pretty reasonable for the con- for the convention in which Jeffrey you get. Combs. Jeffrey Combs, thank you. Um, he's amazing, so he'll be there. We're hoping John Carpenter shows up. Oh, my God, dream. That would be amazing. Total dream. I wish. I would love it. And uh, it'd be nice to see some of the cast from these more recent horror films. If yeah. I could meet Tony Collette. Gosh. <sighs> or even the director, you know? Like, yeah. That would be amazing. But yeah, definitely uh, Tony Collette for sure. And yeah, if you guys want to... Join in this conversation. Um, we're going to share the podcast on my Facebook, Corpus Christi Joker Facebook, and on the Texas Dark Arts in the comment section where I shared this video. 
uh, you want to talk about any of the things and topics that we talked about and or didn't touch on, do it in the comments so we can continue the conversation. It's so much fun to uh, be able to talk about some of our favorite horror movies and talk to it with you guys. And uh, well, right. that's the whole purpose of doing these videos and these podcasts. So You and I do it all the time. Yeah, we're complete nerds, so it's fantastic. But uh, yeah, thanks, Ryan. This was fun. Thank and, you. Um, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks. So thanks hopefully we can do it me. again. And um, don't forget to follow my Instagram, the Corpus Christi Joker on Instagram, the Real Nerf Joker on Instagram, on Facebook, the Corpus Christi Joker, and the Texas Dark Art Society. I'll have links in the video I post on both of those Facebooks. And until next time, thanks for listening to J Waves. I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs>